Welcome back to episode number nine of the Lenders Playbook Podcast, where we equip you with the knowledge, skills, and inspiration within private lending, real estate, and entrepreneurship. Today's guest is someone I think everyone can relate to, especially if you're starting out in your business building journey. Noel Felix is a hardworking central Wisconsin entrepreneur with an amazing story and gives us a glimpse of some of the trenches he's in growing his companies right now. We also talk about his origin story in real estate, some heavy personal things he had to overcome, and so much more. So if you're new to entrepreneurship, I promise you, you will relate to Noel Felix. So let's bring him on, Noel Felix. Noel Felix, welcome to the Lenders Playbook Podcast. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you too, Matt. <laughs> so we've known each other uh, from previous events, and we've worked together, and you're going to be at the next event coming up here in a little bit less than a month. Uh, and we've had some great conversations, and I wanted to share your story with uh, you know everybody within our community, uh, all the listeners. And so I know who you are, but... If you could tell us a little bit about yourself and and your background. Sure. Um, well, I'm uh, Noel Felix. I'm I'm from central Wisconsin and uh, grew up in, in farm country. <laughs> so uh, grew up working on farms. Uh, personally, I didn't live on one, but um, just just uh, taught myself to. Uh, you know, to keep working and get things done that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, now I'm in the real estate business. We've got a real estate company, my wife and I. Uh, we've got a framing company that sells uh, wall panels and trusses and a mm. uh, general contracting company as well. Wow, you're involved with a lot. So where, l- l- let me go back here. So where, you're in Wisconsin, right? Yep. All right, so that's where you grew up, is in the farmlands of Wisconsin, I, or was it? Yeah. I live about 10 minutes from where I grew up. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Didn't get far. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, that's good. That's great. Okay, so you grew up, you grew up, but not really working on the farm, but in the farm community. Is that, is that about right? So I grew up in a small town of, uh, I don't know what they are, like 1,200 people, and uh um, when I was growing up, there was a cornfield in my backyard. So I was in town, but the farms were right there. I walked two blocks down the street and I helped feed calves for the local farm the dairy barn was right down the road. So, um, uh, you know, it's it, technically yes in town, but realistically, uh, you might argue that maybe I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I really, I really like to hear about is the work ethic that, the farming community has and they they're the one they're they're the one of many but but certainly farmers understand the um the value and the principle of sowing and reaping and farmers are they'll tell you that you know in order to reap a harvest i mean i'm being obvious here but in order to reap a harvest you must plant the right seeds and you must plant those seeds in good fertile soil and take care of those seeds and really work that in that season so that in in due time in the next following season you know god get you know god hopefully that that um you'll have a harvest of whatever you planted of corn or wheat or what have you um yeah i think some of some, some of the values that the farmers have 
um, are just correlate so well with business. So I just love to hear those types of stories. That's all. And they do. Um, you know, the, because no matter if you're a crop farmer or a dairy farmer or a beef farmer, you know, the livestock and the weather, they don't care about Saturday or Sunday. So, you know, yeah, it, it's yeah. time to do something and it's, you know, it's the weekend or Christmas or, you know, mm. 4th of July, you know, I'm pretty sure there's been many a times I was making hay on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you just, you know, the old saying, you make hay when the sun's shining. And, and yeah. uh, so those are the things that it kind of teaches you is that when you have work in front of you, you take care of it. Um, and that's kind of the work ethic that I, that used to really be appreciated from people that would go get a different job that grew up on farms. You know, they knew that they might be long days sometimes. It might mean weekends. It might mean holidays. Uh, it might mean no sleep at all for one night or two while you're trying to get something done before it rains. But uh, uh, you get it done and then you go rest or you go play after that. And um, I think we've lost that a little bit as some of the bigger farms have come in. The family farm is is slowly disappearing. And um, the kids don't grow up actually working. They have hired help and things like that. Uh, so yeah. So there's a little bit of, you know, dilution of that. And also some of the old timers have said, well, just make sure you don't work your whole life and break your back and have mm. nothing to show for it, but a lot of work. So, sure. um, you know, I think that was some good advice. Some of it did, but maybe it was taken the wrong way. And then some of them, the younger generations just thought, well, geez, I don't even want to work 40 hours a week anymore. You know, <laughs> I want to yeah. work, you know, three days a week and and then play and and if you're an entrepreneur, that's just not realistic um, in anything. You, you've got to be have some dedication to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Your commitment level is at an all time high as an entrepreneur because yeah. you're well, never it, you're never not working. No, <laughs> most no. entrepreneurs, most brand new entrepreneurs need to understand that it's like you you're always going to be working, and you have yeah. to find because as a family man, and you're going to correct me i know this is true you you have to have a balance too i mean as unbalanced as you are you still have to find a balance which is not easy because you have your family commitments and kids activities and it's your one own of the life I'm constantly working on yeah. yeah yeah we all are for sure okay so you're in wisconsin and uh you're you're in the midwest i love that area I was born in Minnesota, so I have a a liking to anything in the Midwest. So, what activities? What are you into outside of business? What are, what activities are you do you enjoy doing over there? Well, as you said, you're you're never not working, but uh, I do really enjoy uh, the the work hard, play hard uh, kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, although I'm I may answer some messages when I'm out having fun, uh, I do make sure I get away and do some of that. And I really love just about everything outdoors. I love hunting. I love fishing. I just taken a a hike. Um, I horseback riding. Um, we're now recently, my son and I have, have headed down the path of getting certified for scuba diving. Hmm. And so there's a whole nother world under the sea, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, um, but yeah, just getting out there and trying new things, not, you know, um, 
not having limitations, just enjoying what God gave us and what's out there in the world to see. Yeah, that's that's such a healthy perspective to have that outlet when you're not working, you're you're looking forward to something on the weekend that you're going to do, like hunting or fishing or um, being outdoors. So much people are tied to their indoor lifestyle and uh, their phones and you name it. Just getting outside and doing those things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's got to be some of the best for your mental clarity and your physical health. And of course, you're connecting with your family, too, and your and your friends when you're out there. Um doing those things oh absolutely so, so you touched about you, you you kind of talked a little bit about your business when we first started so if we can kind of dive more into your uh um business and you're an entrepreneur you're somebody that i i enjoy talking to you because you're you're in the trenches as we speak right you're it's it's not like you have a, a thousand employees or something like that you're you are building right now some really interesting businesses and i'd love to for you to share a little bit more about what you got going on sure um the uh the framing company is my big push right now i uh um what's the name of your framing company straight wall framing straight wall framing okay yep um and we started that company with a project that I was doing in my investment company and that that project the the contractor wanted to use wall panels and it was right around uh the covid prices increasing all that fun stuff and and um the the prices were starting to soften a little bit and he was getting quotes from from these other companies that produced the panels and the trusses and and um I just felt like they were they were still way too high. They were kind of holding him up because they were busy and they mm-hmm. could and they were getting it. Um, and so I have a small hobby farm. We have a few beef here and some chickens and, and a horse and, and wow. some stuff like that. Um, and I work with the, the local Amish community and I get my sawdust for bedding from their sawmills and I get uh, uh, their scrap material from their cutoffs and I burn it in my outdoor wood burner. And, um, so it's a resource that I've taken advantage of for a while. That's near me. And I was down getting some firewood. I, I get a big gooseneck load of it at a time comes in big bundles. And, and, um, I was down, they were loading me and and I talked to the one guy, Jonathan. Um, and I said, you know, I'm having a problem in my other company right now. And I know we could produce these, uh, panels a lot cheaper. One of you guys should should get a shop going and and build panels for me, and I'll set you up. I'll get the program and and break the prints down to the walls to the sections and and do all the legwork outside of building them. But I just didn't want to build them myself. And uh, he said, "Well, my brother Raymond is interested in getting a shop going. He just doesn't know what he's going to do in it yet." And I said, "Well, have him reach out to me." So. Uh, in their community, they use a neighbor's phone or something, and they do make calls. And so he 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 reached out to me and called me, and I'd never met Raymond, but we we talked for a while and um, explained to him what I wanted to do and and what I was interested. in. we were just going to start in wall panels, and uh, um, what we found out was besides my own projects, if we could service and give you wall panels, 
and you couldn't get the trusses, you didn't really care because trusses were six months out. Right. So in a short time, we had to get into uh, trusses as well right away or we couldn't couldn't move any wall panels. Um, you know, I helped him get all set up with the squaring table and and helped him get a, a press and for for making the trusses. Um, but along the way, Raymond and I have have really um, built up a great relationship and we are expanding shops now. I've got uh, three other uh, individuals in the Amish communities that want to build for me and we're we're getting a uh, um, broad marketing program going right now. We're going to send off some emails to a bunch of contractors in the area and hopefully really get this thing shooting off the ground. Uh, so right now, besides building, I'm the only one that does all of, all of everything else. If if there's a problem when it gets to the job site, I go take care of it. I, I bid the jobs. I manage all the trucking and and um, Everything else is probably so many little things behind the scenes that people don't think about that I have yeah. to take care of uh, along with marketing. So my big challenge right now is to bring in um, to bring in the help that I need to do this, to, to scale my company, to bring it to a, a level that I can can make some good money doing and um, have a little more comfortable lifestyle. So when did you launch this? this company when did you launch street well it, it pretty recent right what did you say like so, yeah it started the foundation of it started about two years ago but um you know it takes time that's including getting the shop set up and, and getting you know things rounded up and and um so it really didn't take off until last year last year was huge uh believe it or not i put an, an ad on facebook marketplace and uh, just a free ad. And my cell phone has blown up ever since. And uh, wow. some weeks, I mean, I, some sometimes I'm getting 10 to 20 messages a day on trusses or wall panels. Um, wow. And, and you got to weed it out. There's a lot of just uh, tire kickers, you know, just pricing out a shed for myself someday kind of thing. And, you know, so it's, you got to bid them all. That's part of the job. But at right. the same time. They're not all takers, but no, it's, it's just been an amazing place to, I never would have guessed. I'm not a fan of, <laughs> I use social media, but it's not something I put my life out there all the time, like some other folks, but yeah, um, yeah. in this case, it worked out in my favor. Uh, so you put an ad on Facebook and you got a lot of business. Is it because, um, I would love to see that ad, by the way. But is is it because uh, of the market conditions that you're in that the need is just so great where you're at, or or what do you think the the reason is for the amount of phone calls and and such? That's very encouraging. So I just I'm trying so, to figure that one out. So the market conditions certainly helps. By all means, it helps. Yeah. Um, in in who I attracted on uh on those ads is obvious it was not the corporate construction companies um you know the big companies that are doing uh um hotels and and large buildings which is a market we would love to get into more uh they're not looking on facebook and finding yeah. who's going to 
your trusses and wall panels. So it's a lot of do-it-yourselfers who just, I, I, you know, grew up in the trade, know it, but I do something else and I want to build my own house. I want to build my garage. So it's a lot of do-it-yourselfers off of that. And it's a lot of the small contractors, the one man guy, or maybe he's got two or three guys working for him, but he's bidding the jobs. He's, he's on site every day. He's doing everything. Those are the folks that I have gotten so far um, off of those ads. And some of these contractors are repeat, repeat customers. It's not all just do it yourselfers. You know, there yeah. was, there's definitely some, some of them don't even quote me out anymore. They just say, I need these trusses or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, yep. um, I still send them my estimate before I do it and show them what they're going to get and everything. That's part of the system. But um it's it's nice to start getting that clientele that they're not pricing me out. I'm not competing for for price. I'm just when can I have it for them? Yeah, yeah, that's good, and that's so very very amazing that you just started this business and you're getting looks like the business is starting to to trickle in a little bit. And it all started. It sounded like from a great connection in the Amish community that that just created a ripple effect to where you are now. And it kind of goes back to what Brandon Lau was saying in the last uh, episode is that you'd be surprised if you just improved what you did by 1% every day. You'd be surprised what can be accomplished in 2024. So it kind of goes to your point. You probably just put one foot in front of the other every single day. And, you know, it's starting to starting to pay off for you. Well, and in my other business experience, always comes in and helps this um you know once you get the ball rolling and you get one foot in front of the other then you start asking those questions that you need to ask how what kind of production are we expecting how do we meet these goals can we be more efficient um how does the logistics of all this get get handled because there's no email or or internet where i'm trying to get to the shop and they're they're close but it's about 17 miles from me is the closest one. So, so mm. there's still a bit of a drive. Um, but we're, you know, we're working through all that and we're realizing our goals can't be with just one shop. Um, and it doesn't always have to be an Amish shop. That's just kind of a, a resource that I found and And that's yeah. part of it in itself. Mm. Uh, you know, we're looking at a time where just finding a, a plumber or a carpenter is in, in most places is incredibly hard. And, yeah. and you call a contractor, say, I want to build a house. And they might say, you know, how's, how's 2025 sound? <laughs> Cause it's not happening this year. Um, and so here was a resource of, of folks that want to work with their hands. They want to, they want to, and they want to work within three miles of their home. So, and, and it's because they they can't hop on their horse and buggy and go sure. 50 miles, you know, yeah. like we do with a car. So when you take those limitations, you say, well, how can I get you to help me? How can I utilize your labor and help me produce uh, a home or a garage or whatever we need to build? Well, wall panels and trusses is a great way to do it because they can frame all of that right in their own shop. Right. They don't have to go anywhere else. And you can utilize that labor where we have a labor shortage and and then we ship it out and it saves so much time on site. They can put that building up in a fraction of the time they normally would if they framed everything on site. So. Yeah. That's, that's, 
What a plan. That's great. That's great. So your that's your core business, right? Right now is it your is. okay. So steel wall. I'm sorry. Street wall framing. Straight wall. The name. I'm sorry. Straight wall. Straight wall. Straight no. wall. Okay. <laughs> that's your main core business. And, and I know you're involved in other stuff too, in other businesses. And I think it's important for you to share that too, because there's kind of a, the, the notion out there that we hear a lot is to just focus on one thing. And I think there's truth to that. However, um, I do believe that if, if something's in your heart to do other businesses, it's very important for you to do that, especially if it's kind of sort of related to each other. If it's completely separate, then I still think it's beneficial, but I think it's it's probably best if it is related, a related product. But um, there's so much people out there that think that you can only do one thing and you got to be the best in the world at it. And it's going to be forever until you can actually do another business venture. And Anyways, um, tell us about what else you got going on besides besides your framing company. So, <clears throat> I I also have a general contracting company. I'm a licensed uh, with the state of Wisconsin general contractor. Um, I started that company with a partner, and and um, that partner uh, I couldn't. I couldn't find anybody who would know more about construction than him. You know, mm -hmm. uh, he just, he'd done it his whole life. He had 20 plus years. Uh, he's about the same age as myself. We grew up together, him and his wife and, and my, and my wife, uh, used to hang out in high school together. And, yeah. uh, um, but you know, you kind of drift off and you, you know, people, but you don't maybe know everything you think you know about them. And so, you know, I, I asked him, I said, uh, why do you think, you even need me as a partner. There's nothing I can teach you about construction. You don't already know. And uh, he just said, well, I thought we'd be a good fit. And I said, well, you don't just start a construction company. I mean, there's, there's more to it than that. I said, you should have probably at least an LLC and you'd need an EIN number. And <laughs> you know, you're going to have to do there's Somebody's going to have to get licensed, whatever that takes. I didn't know at the time, you know, and then, and file with the state. And, yeah. and then you're going to need You're going to need insurance. And he says, you see all that stuff you just said? I said, yeah. He said, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> Which said, is okay. the reason why you guys probably partnered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, well, at least I know where I fit in, you know, because at first I thought, well, I don't even fit in here. Why do you need me? So I started uh, working on and looking, digging into all that. I, I set up the LLC. I got the EIN number from the federal government and, and, uh, then I, I found out you have to get uh, a dwelling. It's a dwelling permit, they call it, in order to get uh, licensed with the state of Wisconsin. So mm -hmm. I started taking the test. I paid for that. Uh, and while I'm doing all this and, and, and digging insurance companies, trying to find who's going to insure us and stuff like that, I realized my partner, my friend, a uh, great guy, unfortunately had a bad drinking problem. Oh. And... Um, he was getting his third and fourth DUI that summer while I was doing all that. And, and it was causing trouble with his marriage and, and he was getting kicked out and ending up in jail. And, um, you know, I, it was very, it's very sad to know that that happened. He's a great guy. He's a good Christian, but he's headed down the wrong path. And, and sometimes that does happen to people. 
And by the end of that summer, I had to say, hey, buddy, I like you, but this isn't working. And, yeah. and we have to separate from, from the company. And I so see. He, he signed off that he could not do business under our company name that we started and that he was no longer affiliated. Um, and I told him if he ever straightens things out, he's welcome back any day. And I mean that to this day. Wow. Um, but uh, this has been almost two years ago. And um, anyways, my wife and I, we thought about it and prayed about it and thought, you know, what do we do? Now we have this construction company and I don't have my on-site guy. And uh, so what we ended up doing was agreeing that it, it made sense. It worked good with the framing company because some con contractors don't they want to buy panels and trusses from a company that will also assemble on site. Uh -huh. And here we can bring in the construction company and then my guys can assemble on site. And so we have, um, since we've pulled out some of the Amish out of the shop and got them to go on site with us, they don't like to do that much, but they've, they've done it, um, and helped us go through, um, and we do a little more than framing on that. We do some roofs and some, you know, some other stuff, um, big stuff, small stuff, uh, what we need to do to keep some guys going. But um, I am looking for for somebody to run that end of it at some point. I had to replace my my old partner and, wow. and cover those shoes. But for now, we just thought it was a good fit. And, and so we kind of fell into it. It wasn't something I was originally going to start. Somebody talked me into it, and and now I have it. But we're licensed, we're insured, um, we're we're you know it's it's not the big revenue bringer like the trusses and wall panels, but no. it's something that that fits good with the rest of it. And um, and then the other the other company I have is just is the real estate investing, and that's that's really where it all began. Um. Yeah, tell us about that. What do you mean? So, I uh, as as I mentioned, I you know I grew up in in farm country here. Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, at one point, I had my own dairy farm. I was milking sixty cows, and and um, it was just just my wife and I. We got married at twenty three, and I think by then we were in our thirties. Um, we we spent a long time trying to have children and, 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 uh, we were looking into adopting and, and, uh, all of a sudden my wife, wife was pregnant. So, uh, you know, great for us. We were blessed. We were happy. I was farming. She was working in a group home, bringing in health insurance. And, um, and then we, we found out that our son had a genetic disorder called X-linked hydrocephalus. And um, what what it is, the X-linked is the is the is the genetic hydrocephalus is where the fluid that comes into your head enters and but something's wrong with where it leaves. And so it doesn't leave and you just fill your head up with fluid. And if it happens in a baby, their head's not fused, so it can actually make the head really big. Yeah. Uh, and so we're watching uh, watching the ultrasound and we're we're you know worried about our our child and trying to trying to farm and and work and and my wife was going through some issues in her when she was pregnant where her sinuses were so plugged up she had said uh 
finally she complained until she got to ear, nose, and throat. And they said, uh-huh. it's just a, uh, it's just a effect of being pregnant. Every, every woman is different on what happens when they're pregnant. Some get morning sickness, some don't, you know, things like that. And that's just what it was. But they said, well, your thyroid looks a little big. Can I take a biopsy of it? Uh-huh. And she didn't really want to um, worry it would be cancer. And yeah. her mom and I said, you know, just go do it. Let's take one stressor off our plate. Yeah, right. And, uh, let's just get that done. And we talked her into it. And unfortunately, we were wrong. And sure enough, she had thyroid cancer. And and on top of that, it was a drought year. I bought a lot of feed. And the feed I was buying went from $35 a ton to $135 a ton. And so so the financially, we were stressed. And we yeah. needed to be working. This is what I always tell people. This was this was in 2012. This was the year of the, what I, my life's perfect storm. How everything <laughs> everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. Um, and and it's nobody's fault. You know, it's just this is just <laughs> the way things happened. And so in July in July 26, which was the anniversary of my mom's death, she had MS. My son was born, Noel Felix the Fourth. Uh, in and, 2012. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. And he had uh he had five five weeks or five days later he had his shunt put in to release the fluid and he had his first surgery. And my wife had her thyroid taken out and she's she's cancer free. It was removed with a little bit of treatment. That's great. Okay. Um and but now we had a special needs child. We were going to the doctor two two full days a week. We'd milk cows and feed our cows and do our chores, and we'd go to spend all day up at the clinic and come back about five o'clock and do our chores again. And we'd do that two days out of the week uh, for his cares. And the second year, it was one day out of the week. But they also don't offer daycare for special needs kids, at least nowhere in Wisconsin. I don't think anywhere in the country, to be honest with you. So my wife had to quit her job and come home and take care of, of our son. And, um, because of the financial stressors of losing her income, the drought year, and uh-huh. everything else, we did end up selling the cows. We just it just wasn't going to work. It wasn't ready to support the whole family, right? Um, and so I went and uh, I went and got a job at the local dairy plant. One of the they make uh, they make butter locally here, and uh, got a factory job for an entrepreneur. That's a challenge. <laughs> Wow, yeah, and yeah. so, but we kept, we, we did, we did start milking a few more cows after that. Cause I realized it just needed more than one income. One income is just not enough to support a family anymore. And, uh, so my wife would milk a few cows and, and take care of my son. And, uh, and then I would, she didn't run the tractor or anything. So I'd feed the cows and fix everything along with working it. And, one Sunday morning uh, or afternoon after church or so, I was just, I just passed out on the couch and uh-huh. and I woke up and there was an infomercial on about real estate. Uh, come down to this seminar and meet so-and-so and, and we're going to tell you how to get into real estate investing. And uh, it was one of those where I was so sleepy, it almost felt like it was uh, a dream until I really woke up and, oh, okay, so... I jotted the number down and told my wife, I said, 
I can't, I can't physically push like this forever, you know, right. working in the factory, working on the farm. It's, I'm going to burn my body out. So yeah. we've got to do something that, that doesn't require me to physically go, go, go seven days a week. So she went with me, uh, to the, to the meeting. And it was a, of course it was a sales to purchase more training from them. And there's, there's lots of guys, lots of folks, lots of companies out doing this. Uh, yep. um, and so we signed up for a smaller package of some more boots on the ground training. And, and I went and took care of that. Um, you know, learned how to, to flip houses. And one of the things they taught me was, um, how to do it remotely, which was invaluable because yep. absolutely what what I had learned, what everybody had said was you don't want to do this in a small community. You want to do it in a big city where there's a lot more buyers, you can move a property faster. So I was looking at going down to Milwaukee or Chicago. Well, Chicago is about five hours from me. So, and these are some of the more near cities that I'd be working in. And once you go five hours, what's eight hours? I, I actually had a connection down in Louisville, Kentucky. And so I built a team down there mm. and I was flipping houses down in Louisville for a few years. Um, I was finding the projects and uh, um, it was being funded through uh, another investor that I had met. Uh, and he was out in Seattle, Washington. And so he'd fund them and I'd, I'd manage them and they were all down in Louisville and, uh, that went really good for a while. And he decided he wanted to start investing in, uh, um, hotels or something. Mm -hmm. He wanted to kind of move his money and go a different direction. But, uh, we even managed an Airbnb down there. One of the homes didn't sell right away. And, uh, we decided, uh, hold it and I Airbnb it. We were near, we were not too far from Churchill Downs, you know, the racetrack and right. popular tourist area. So it went okay. I learned a lot doing it. Um, wouldn't mind doing it again in the future, but I'd structure it differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so if, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Along the way, I guess we kind of moved after that went down. We, we noticed, uh, we noticed a little bit to go against kind of some of my teachings and some of, I think all of our teachings and, looked at our area and thought, holy cow, this area is booming with jobs. And the first thing we look at in, in where we're going to invest is where are the jobs, where are the working class people going to buy? And um, it's really here, but everybody takes the same classes, whether who, no matter who puts it on, yeah. and tells them don't right. invest in the small communities. And so we started saying, we need to get into new builds. There's just not enough homes around here. And, uh, you mm. know, even when some of the bigger cities right now, like New York and L.A., you know, we're hearing there's a there's a decline in in some values uh, slightly. You know, they're not saying it's crashed, but it's they're seeing yep. a decline. Right. We're not seeing that. Uh, we're, we're seeing things kind of halted. They stopped going up, but it's really just kind of leveled off. And there's builders still building and selling immediately uh, yeah. and always just slow for the winter like now but other than that um so far it's it's staying strong and so there's there's really an untapped market here that we're trying to get involved in and that's where the other two companies uh 
have really come into place so uh, to feed can, into the new build. Yeah, I got we it. We can manage uh, our own projects. We can control the prices a little bit better. Mm. Um, and, and even with the construction company, one of the greatest things that my partner brought to the table was uh, incredibly a long list of subs, subcontractors. So we have taken that list and we've added to it and I've got 20 years of contacts. So when we can't get one plumber or one electrician or somebody, well, I've got a whole list. So so maybe there's another one that we can get when we need to and, and we, he'll meet that price. So yeah. um, it's it's really helped us in, in moving forward. And so now your business model is the local market and you're and you're focused on new build new build new build construction for single family or are you doing you know other you know multifamilies or what kind I of asset classes on are you whatever with? makes sense and unfortunately right now I'm having a hard time with the interest rates uh getting it to pencil out to I'd love to get a multifamily portfolio going even if it was several duplexes or a bigger yeah multifamily um the interest rates are are stopping me from jumping into that head first sure. right now yep. yep um you know we could if we could come up with some some investors who would be in it for the long haul or something like that sure sure they wanted to bring money and 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 dive into this might be an avenue we could go and and explore but um, so right now, it's mostly been focused on building what people want, building single family homes and things that we can just sell. Um, but uh, the the portfolio is in the back of my head every day. Um, you know, as we talked, as an entrepreneur, you don't stop thinking about this stuff. And yeah, yeah. So, so it's in my head. Um, I just haven't come up with uh, the answer to how get how to get that rolling uh, sooner okay. than later. So that's probably one of the biggest challenges right now in your business is because the interest rates are so are still so high i mean we're it, the projections for the third and fourth quarter of this year are that they are going to drop a little bit i mean that's just what you hear out there everyone's yep. saying this and that everyone's got an opinion but i tend to agree that the interest rates will drop a little bit but it's still it's still in that we're still on that line of it's still too darn high to like do a deal um, but if you don't mind, I wanted to back up a little bit here because I, I like where you're going with, with everything with the new build construction and how you started off in real estate investing. But I think it's important to realize that in 2012, you're going through some heavy, heavy things that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, brought you to your knees and, and, uh, you know, there's a point in life where you just can't handle anymore and you, you had to get you had your your baby boy. You had your wife's issues. You had um, health concerns on that end, and then to make matters worse, financial issues, right? And that is the beautiful icing on the cake there. Um, but you got through it, and I think the interesting thing is that when you get through things like that, somehow, some way, through God's help, you get through it. You're going to end up much better off than you were before. Like much better off, and it's it's just it's really interesting to to hear the story that you were on the couch, and then all of a sudden you saw this infomercial, and we all know back in those days, right? They were it was a big upsell, anyways. But still, yeah. it's still a 
uh, is an infomercial that brought you some hope and and got you and your wife up off of the couch and went to go see what's going on here, be bought into the system, and all of a sudden you started flipping homes remotely. I think that's a yeah. great story. And and now, you know, it's transition. Now you got your framing business. You you know you have the uh, general con- the contracting business in Wisconsin. You have you know the new build construction, which I really do think is is exciting because I do think that will be that you will be in a position to, uh, to succeed in that. And before, before you know it, you're going to be a, a big new builder in the area. And I, and, uh, it's just life happens that way. So I just think that that's important to note, right? As you get through this stuff, there's always, there's a reason, uh, you know, and sometimes we don't understand that reason, but anyway, it's a, it's Absolutely. a amazing story. Yeah. So, all right. So right now, so that's, and if you don't mind me asking, so you're coming to our, so I met you at our, when I was with uh, NPLA Pitbull and my father was around and not right. He's, he's still around, but I'm saying like when he was running the company, uh, we had an event. I think I met you at the Lowe's yep. in Miami. Yeah. And then you came to the event and we just hit it off and we started talking and um, let me ask you, why do you, and then you're coming to the American Lending Conference at the end of this month. So, at an event like that, what are you looking for? Like, what's your big hot button at a conference like that? I am always looking to build relationships. Um, you know, in that case, we're going to a private lending conference. So I'm looking to find uh, people that want to to lend money or want to partner or joint venture um, or any of the above. Um, but it, you know, I, I'm always looking to, to network if it's with other contractors, if it's, um, you know, with other real estate investors, um, or just maybe even other people that like to hunt and fish and go camping and do stuff that I do. Um, I just think that those relationships stem from so much right now. One of the projects my construction company is just wrapping up today is uh, putting a metal roof on a house. And the person that owns the house owns a uh, a driving range. Uh, About four years ago, I got into golfing so I could do some meetings out on the golf course. (laughs) And and those are fun. And I've enjoyed golfing as well. It's it's, a never as easy as it looks the ball gets smaller and smaller every time i swing at it i swear yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways the interesting thing about this house and this guy is is i knew him through the driving range the the owner has given me a few lessons um and and the house that's on there when they bought the driving range it is it has an old farmhouse on it and needed to get fixed up and they're going to add a bonus room upstairs and they needed some trusses. And um, the guy knew that I did trusses. So so Craig is his name. So Craig calls me up and says, how much for some trusses? I sent me the prints. I sent it back. Um, and they bought the trusses from me. Well, it turns out that the uh, the designer who designed the building, the, the extra room, designed the trusses wrong. Mm. And so the the trusses I've made weren't going to work. And 
they didn't care that i mean they cared that they weren't going to work but they weren't trying to get me to reimburse them or anything but they needed new trusses they needed what they needed so the the builder the contractor that he had hired and and craig uh, you know both talked to me and they were thinking of just hand framing them because they didn't think we'd get them the trusses in time. And I said, no, no, we'll put you to the front of the line. We'll get this done. And, and it was only uh, six or eight trusses. It wasn't a huge project. Um, and so I went out to the site and I called my designer from the site, talked to the contractor. I said, let's get exactly what you need. And we, we worked out the new design and got it figured out. And then I drove down to my shop and I said to Raymond, I said, I don't know. It was Thursday. I said, I don't know what you planned on building tomorrow, but I know what you're going to be building tomorrow. Here's some prints. We need these ASAP. Yeah. And uh, so he switched gears and he built the trusses the next day. And then uh, I didn't even want to try to get my trucker involved because I knew he was going to be tied up with stuff the last minute like that. So I just put him on one of my trailers and I hauled him. And on Saturday, we were heading to a wedding and I had to go past anyway. So I just dropped my trailer right off there and said get at them when you can and and so they they bought the new set of trusses from me and he was so impressed that we took care of them when things weren't working out that he said you've got my business for life and uh, uh -huh. um so so yeah so then they needed somebody to roof his general contractor doesn't do roofs and and we did so where we put the tin roof on and there's a few other little projects and it's working out this time of year in the winter. It's, it's February, Wisconsin building is, is slow. Uh -huh. And so we can get some of the guys out of the shop and they're, they're getting, getting these other little projects done. Everybody's staying working and we're keeping customers happy. Yep. Um, but it's all through relationships, you know, and that's yeah. where that starts is, is I met somebody through golfing. He knew what I did we did business. It went well. He was very happy. And now we're doing more business. And, yeah. you know, he's getting his project done timely and well done. And I'm, I, and we've got business. It just, it works for everybody. It's yeah. not even one way, you know, it's, it's, it works out for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, what a great story on relationships. That's so true. Um, some of the best business uh, partnerships come from the golf course. <laughs> I certainly need to get on the golf course more often. I'm too stuck in my, uh, you know, on the phone and everything else that I do. And but it's certainly, uh, yeah, it's so true. When both parties know that that you're, you want to serve the other person, you want to add value and benefit the other person, the other party, then everybody ends up winning, and it's something great can happen out of that. Certainly. Absolutely. Well said. Let me ask you this question. Um, if, okay, so <laughs> if, if, if there was a time machine and drove up right to your house right there in Wisconsin, you know, like the back to the future type of DeLorean, right? Someone pulled yeah. up and, and they asked you, okay, if you were to go back in time, we're going to take you back to, you know, a 25 year old or 30 year old, you know, Noel Felix, what would you tell yourself? What would you do differently if you're to go back in time and, and kind of start all over, if anything? The biggest thing I would change is I would tell young self to start investing as early as you're never, you're never too young to invest and 
And I know I'm in the real estate game and that's, that's huge. I'm very passionate about it. I believe in it full heartedly. Yeah. Um, most people that, that do that don't believe in the stock market. Uh, I can, I can list off name after name and they'll tell you, no, I don't want a penny in the stock market. Um, uh, I know a guy who's done very well. He started off in high school. His dad taught him how to invest in dividend stocks. Mm. And he was probably able to retire in in his 40s, maybe early 50s, easily off of dividend stocks. Wow. Um, but he liked what he did. He really enjoyed yeah. it. In fact, he's, he's retirement age now and he still works. He, he just likes what he does. Yeah. And yeah. Um, But, you know... It, I don't care how you invest, you invest in, you should invest in what you understand and what you know. Yeah. And, but, but you have to invest one way or the other, you know, as a young man, I was like, like many young guys, I bought, you know, a nice pickup truck and taking the oh, girls yeah. out dates right. and you know, more worried about, <laughs> more worried about those kind of things than how do I get my money to make me money? Sure. And that's what an investment is. Yeah. It's not something that I have to physically work at, but how do I get my my dollar to make more money? And and so yes, that's where I would have started, uh, and that's where I've started with my kids. They have uh, several different types of investments already. Yeah, um, and I I show them their investments. I share with them why they're good or or what makes them riskier or less risky and. And things like that, so that hopefully, as they get older, uh, they understand. Uh, um, so, and and to let you know, I'm, I'm talking to an, an eight year old and a ten year old. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good job, Dad. That's incredible. So, <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, uh, when I start thinking about compounding interest, it really—I don't know if it excites me or if it puts us. Uh, uh, my stomach at e at in pain because I think what if I what if at twenty twenty one twenty two I started putting my money into you know a growth stock or a mutual or a you know a, a, an IRA or something something that that will earn interest over time and just forget about it and just add I mean of course I'll add a percentage of my monies or whatever that's coming at the time put it in that you know and. Wow, I, that's something exactly. Uh, Noel, we would be um, having the same conversation with ourselves, you know, and, if and, we were to go back in time for sure. And one of the other spins to that, if you do that earlier on that I shared with my kids already, as I said, you know, what if you want to do something that you're passionate about that doesn't pay well? And I don't know right. if I have a good example, but, you know, uh, what? who knows? Maybe somebody really likes uh, waiting tables. And yeah. they just like doing that or customer right. service. Um, and, and it doesn't pay well, but they love their job. Well, if you have some sort of a, you know, a rental property, a dividend stock yeah. or something that generates, let's just say a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Well, that's not enough to live on, but it might be enough to say I can work the job that I enjoy and I can still have this extra income so I can still live the, the lifestyle that I'd like to live. Yeah. Or a ministry that you want to be a part of that doesn't pay at all, you know, and, and you, but that's where your heart is at. Maybe, maybe it's with people. Maybe it's with, you know, you're, maybe you, you love animals and you want to work in that industry and, and, but that's a passion. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think a lot of people out there are doing things 
that they don't really love to do, but they're just doing it because they got to pay the bills and they got to, they, they have responsibilities and my hat's off to everybody that does that. I mean, that, that's what makes our economy go and, and grow and thrive. But yeah, but there's so much more to life. Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, one of the mistakes that we've made in this country, in my opinion, is having the employer pay for our health care. Yep. And, and, and it sounds like a great idea. What he's, he's making you work, especially when you think of the way they worked him in a coal mine or something years mm-hmm. ago. Um, should they pay for your health care? Oh, absolutely. They should be responsible for that. But now you feel like you can't leave that employer because you lose your health insurance if you leave them it's not even just the paycheck anymore it's right. it's health care and uh i mean i worked i worked in that factory for almost nine years wow did was, you really wow i was okay. miserable for almost nine years yeah yeah <laughs> um i so as i mentioned just recently i've got i've got two kids an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old um, and, and so my daughter's the eight year old, that's Sophia and my son, Sam is 10. But, uh, what I didn't mention there is that Noli, my firstborn has passed away and he would be, he would be 12, I believe. Wow. Um, uh, my summer. heart goes out to you guys. So thank you. Um, he passed away in 2021 and, um, Around that time, shortly after that, I actually got I actually got let go from my factory job <laughs> because entrepreneurs don't always uh, agree with management, and that doesn't work well. <laughs> Let's just put it to you that way. Um, <laughs> well said. <laughs> and and it wasn't that I got into a battle. They they found a different reason to let me go, but I. I'm pretty sure I know what the real reason is. And at the same time, we were no longer able to ship milk. And so, um, so it was really another, it was, that was another uh, big opening for me. And that's when uh, straight wall framing really took off and uh, real vision construction, which is my construction company. Um, Because I was working so much for health insurance. I was working, uh, you know, a job that required me to go every other weekend. For a while, we would work twelve days on, two days off at the factory. Wow! If they if they needed us to, and uh, and then and then I was coming back and taking care of the dairy farm, and I was flipping houses down in Louisville. I'd go on my break and I'd sign contracts on my phone for buying a house or for, you know, getting the contractor started or, you know, whatever needed to be done. Yeah. So I was literally working around the clock, you know, going to bed at midnight up at four on the, on a good day. And, 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 but all because I needed health insurance and I needed the money. I'm trying to support the whole family here. Um, So financial burdens are, are, they're a real thing. They are very real. Yeah. It's, it's there. And so I was very fortunate that I was able to get out of, of the, the daily grind and get back into my own business. We moved our business from our, uh, our home office to getting an office in town in the last year. And we're currently hiring for a designer to help design and build. Um, Amazing. And 
you know, so we're moving forward and, and things are going good, but sometimes we need those kicks in the butt, you know, sometimes life needs to say, Hey, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Take a, take a leap of faith yeah. and, and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, wow. What a, what an amazing, uh, story there that you have. And yeah, the, let's be honest, the, the cost of health insurance it can be just as much as a mortgage if you're paying for it out for a, for a family. And if you have needs in the family and, or just regular health insurance, uh, um, health and vision and dental and everything else. Yeah. It's, I know. Cause I see what we're paying every month. It's pretty atrocious, but, um, uh, so yeah, no, the, the burdens of financial financial strain can be, uh, some of the worst. So commend you, man, for, for where you are and where you're going. And I know that the best is yet to come for, uh, for these build outs that you're doing and for your framing business and everything. So, um, let me ask you this. You've been through a lot, a lot of ups and downs, and I see a lot of good ups coming for, for your future, but what books have made the most significant impact, um, on you personally, or, or maybe a business book that, uh, that you can cling on to. So, and and uh i was i was a bit prepared for this uh i don't (laughs) i don't actually read a lot um wasn't uh ever officially diagnosed with add but i'm pretty sure i've got some sort of attention problem (laughs) i don't uh i don't do uh long lectures uh very well um so so i don't read a lot but um and i and i know i know my wife and and my my priest would like me to say the Bible as a few of your, <laughs> a few of your uh, yeah. guests have said. I mean that's that's definitely a great uh, life lesson uh, yeah. book to be reading. But one of the books I was turned on to uh, quite a while ago, uh, back when I was maybe about uh, nineteen or twenty, was the book Psycho Cybernetics uh, by Maxwell Maltz. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the book at all? I I am. Yeah. Yep. I read it too many years ago, so I but I forgot so much of what's in the contents of the book. Yeah. In in oddly enough, where I was turned on to that book, um I was I was in the rodeo bull riding for a while, uh, before I got married. And Oh man, no kidding. I wish Yeah. Okay, we have to have another podcast just to talk about your that <laughs> those days, Noel. <laughs> you dropped that on me at the end of the podcast, Darren. Okay, we're gonna have to do part two here. All right. Um, and I studied for a little while under Gary Lefew, who was a professional bull rider from about the seventies. And uh, when I did some learning from him, this is a book that he had read in the beginning of his career, and it's just. It's really about how mental energy works and how positive thinking um, can change your subconscious, can change your future. Um, yeah. And it's, it's. Uh, I'm not a big uh, pep rally kind of person, but this is this is something that makes sense. This is something that just teaches you things like um, if you say. I'm not going to lose today. Your subconscious heard the combination of lose 
and yourself in the same sentence and you told yourself you're going to lose. And so instead you need to be saying, you know, things are going to go well today. I'm going to get that next job. We're going to, you know, we're going to close this next deal. We're going to, we're going to make this stuff happen and right. just, just yep. stay with that mentality. And in Gary LeFue's situation, he believed, and and I don't have any reason to not, not agree with him that um, his mental energy spread on to others. It spread on to the other bull riders and it spread on to the bulls themselves. And wow. so he would get on to bulls that were known for not bucking. And in bull riding, the the bucking of the bull is half your score. So you want the one that's going to be bucking good. And they would get out the chute and those bulls would buck like they never did before while he was on. And wow. so, you know, he really felt it was that mental energy that he brought to the rodeo ring that just brought everybody, including the livestock, up. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, as far as a book that's changed my life that, you know, you, as we've talked about the things that I've been through, the ups and downs, how do you get through the downs? Well, it's, it's knowing what's coming and staying positive and moving forward, yeah. uh, even when things aren't happening for you. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. That's really good. And, and I really enjoyed this time, um, uh, on this podcast with you and learning about your life and the things that you went through and, um, and I know that with, with where you're going, I'm really excited to see some of the growth that you're going to be you know, going through for not just your, you know, you have your framing business and the contracting business and then, but your real estate investments. And I really am excited to, uh, you know, kind of work with you on that too. I mean, we're, um, uh, at the conference there's, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what can what can happen there with relationships and this podcast. And so where, if, if there's an investor out there that's interested in working with you um, or, in, or a lender or anybody that that's kind of like, you know what, I need to talk to them. Where can people connect with you or how do people get in, in touch with you? Um, I'm out there on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, my companies are, and myself, um, I'm I'm an open book. Uh, people are welcome to call me. Um, you know, uh, it, obviously, meet me at the American Lending uh, Conference. For um, sure. it is a yeah. great place to to come and see me. But uh, yeah, I, I I answer the phone when it rings. Um, you know, noon, evening, night, whatever. Um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to give my phone number out or where? <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put your yeah. business info in the show notes and uh, so people can, can get in touch with you. Um, and I, and I want you to promise me that we're going to have a part two because we need to talk about these ro rodeo days. Oh, absolutely. I would yeah. love to hear these stories. <laughs> Putting all business aside and all that stuff. I just want to hear like <laughs> some of that. Oh man, I was just I we could talk for so long about those days. So um but yeah, let's do that. Cause I'm sure there's like you just you dropped a bunch of gems on us on the life lessons you learned from the rodeo day. So I'm sure we could we could go down that road, you know, another time and and uh but anyways, sure. Noel, I really appreciate your time, buddy. I really am, and I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Or wow, what is today? Yeah, actually less than that. 
<laughs> it's starting to get real. The event is uh, February 28th and 29th, so I'm really uh, we're just gearing up now and getting excited for it. But um, I really look forward to, to meeting you again up there and seeing you and uh, and seeing the success of your companies. And I thank you for sharing your uh, your wisdom here today. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. All right. Thanks, Noel.